Well, we've been looking at what it means to love. And we started out understanding that we're to love God because God first loved us. And um, I went by, uh, I worked on Friday because I normally take Friday out, but I worked on Friday and, and Susan was printing the note sheet. It's pink. And I said, pink? And she said, it's Valentine's. So pull out your pink sheet, if you would. We're going to be looking at a lot of scripture today, and I have a few things for you to fill in, but mostly what we're going to do, and I would ask you to do this, is to underline certain key points in, some, in many of these scriptures we're going to be looking at today. This is taking the three weeks that we've been looking at and putting it all together, and our word today, one simple word, is continue. Continue, it's continue, all right? Live a life filled with love. Let's take a look. We've been using um, Philippians 5, 1 and 2, and I want to just share that with you. Would you uh, follow along with me as I share this with you? It says, imitate God. What does it mean for you to imitate someone, to do the things that they do? And I'm reminded of little children who try to imitate their parents. If their parents are doing good things, that's good. If their parents are not doing good things, I have to tell you, a lot of the things that I learned about parenting were see what my parents did and then not do that. You kind of do the opposite. Uh, one of those things was, I, I think maybe I've shared with this before, I, I joke with my older brother about this all the time. His name's Bob. And we would be sitting there, and it was 10 o'clock at night. And we were kids, you know, but we were watching TV. There were four channels to choose from, after all. And we'd be sitting there watching TV, and they'd have this public service announcement come on. Do, do any of you remember this? And it would say, parents, do you know where your children are tonight? Do you remember that public service announcement? We would look at each other, and we would laugh, and we would go, children, do you know where your parents are tonight? Um, I'm so thankful that there were some other people in my lives who gave me some good examples of parenting, and my grandparents were very special. So I, have a, I, I love that, that, that God brings us other people to, to help us with those things, to be an example, to, to show us what does it mean to imitate God. I am so thankful for people in my life who imitated God so I could see it and begin to imitate God too. Imitate God in everything you do. Why? Because you are his dear children. And he wants his children to behave, to behave like him. It says in verse 2, to live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Now, if it just said live a life filled with love, then you could choose to live love any way that you chose. But that's not what it says. It says that you are to live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice. So this is sacrificial love. This is agape love, unconditional love. This is the kind of love that is sweet. It's a pleasing aroma to God. And that's, that's our key text for this whole series. But we began looking at 
breaking it down, and the first thing we looked at, and write this down in your notes, you can do this without even my help. Because living love, the very first way, the help, the beginning, the source of living love is to love God. So write that down. Love God. It all starts there. And mostly it's a response because God loves you. In that song that we just sang a few minutes ago, I don't know that I've ever heard that verse that you guys did. That was was so neat. That we're a treasure to God. You're a treasure to God. He loves you that much. We're to love God with all, every area of your life, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So number one, live love begins with God. Love God. Number two, living love is to love the church, the family of God, to love the fellow believers. And, uh, you know, James tells us if we can't love each other who are all belonging to God, man, we're not going to do very well trying to love the world. So that's why this is number two. We've got to get this right. We need to love each other. We need to give each other a little slack, grace, mercy, forgiveness. Now, if somebody is not doing it right, it's important that we would come along kind and lovingly to offer correction. So I give you permission, not on Sundays, but any other times, you can correct me. If I need correction, would you do that? And if we disagree, and, and, and when you offer your correction to me, if I offer you a little correction back, you know, we, we, we can love each other that way, right? But let's do it in, with tenderhearted love, kindness, all right? Because that's what we're supposed to do. If we just act like everything is perfect and it's not perfect, then we're not doing anyone a service. And we're meant to love each other in such a special way that the world sees it and wants it. I got to have some of that. Let me tell you, that was the most important thing in my life as a teenage boy was finding a church that really loved each other and would love me to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I knew that church loved me before I knew that God loved me, but they told me that God loved me. And after a while, I began to believe it because it was demonstrated in their lives. That's what we are. When the church is doing what we ought to do, we're a great church because we're filled with God's love. Number three, living love is to love your neighbor. And this includes not just the people who live around you, but anyone that you have any kind of responsibility, any kind of a connection with. Uh, We talked about this last week. This includes outsiders and strangers and foreigners, any of them. Now, when you're loving the church, that's loving us. It's an us-them situation. But God doesn't say just love us, love people who look like you. He says love them who don't look like you, who who act differently, who, who don't know how to behave, and help them, any of them. And and so we are to take responsibility for the people that God brings into our lives. 
Now, what if it's someone you don't like? Well, that's fabulous. Because that gives you a chance. You can't love them on your own, but God's loving you to love them. Right? Now, if you don't believe that, then you start praying for them. And here's the way the prayer can go. You know her, the Lord. You know what he's like, Lord. And I don't love them. But your word tells me I'm supposed to love them, so help me love them even though I don't love them. That's the prayer. Is that honest? Is that true? Be careful. God may answer that prayer. And you'll have personal there is personal responsibility in being a Christian. And so now we come to number four, that living love is not a one-time thing. Living love, becoming a Christian is not a one-time thing you did 40 years ago. It, living love is continuous. And so we continue. Now, I remember there used to be television shows and, and there would be a, a sequence of things happening and then they'd have a cliffhanger and, and they would say, to be continued. You remember that? To be continued. Um, I, I remember uh, I took a group of students on a trip to Southern California. And we went to amusement parks and we went to Christian colleges and usually stayed there and did all these kind of things. But one of the things we did is we went to Universal Studios, and we went to Universal Studios on the day that they were filming Back to the Future 2 and 3. They made 2 and 3 at the same time because, what was that guy's name? Um, Michael J. Fox was not getting any younger. He, you know, he needed to be a teenager you know, and all those things. So, so, so they were filming that, and, and, and we were in the tram, and they stopped the tram. Okay, everyone be quiet because they're, they're doing a shoot. And, and so we had to stop, and I'm thinking, man, how long are we going to be here? It was like 15 seconds. You know, they, they make movies in 15 seconds, uh, increments. And, and, and so we were there, and we were doing that. And I remember I was so excited to watch those movies and then see the stuff that we saw. And then what happened at the end of those movies? To be. You know what? That's what the Christian life is meant to be. It's meant to be continued all of your life until it's perfected either by your death or Christ coming again or you being eternally with him in heaven. The perfection of our continuation of loving God. Now, this word continue in the Greek is imeno. Imeno means, it means to like sit down, to stay put, to dwell. Uh, it means to be present. It means to endure. This is really important, to endure, to hang in there. I mean, we're Hangtown after all. Hang in there. Uh, to remain. It, in the King James Version, this word is translated abide. We don't use that word very much anymore, abide. But what that means is simply all these words together mean continue. The Christian life is, one, is not a one-time decision that you make at an altar when you're a kid and then when you're a teenager and struggling, you go back and you, know, you get sanctified. And it's, it's not about these moments. 
It's about the moments in between those moments. It's about really living out your Christian faith. It's about continuing. We are to continue. Now, here's a quick English lesson. If you just want to tune out for a minute, this would be a good time. Okay? In English, we have 12 basic verb tenses. Uh, look at this. Tense, moody, irregular, you must be a verb. Verbs help us understand. And you know what? Most of us don't think about the verb tenses we're using. We're, we have, are so accustomed in our speech to just using these, we probably couldn't tell when that was a perfect continuous verb tense. I'm not even sure what that is. And, and, and I almost taught English in, in junior high school. Could you imagine that? In English, we have these basic verbs. And so um, we have, I have a little chart. We have uh, past, future, and present tense. These are pretty simple, pretty easy. These are the, you know, all of our verbs fit into one of these. Now it gets a little, you know, like uh, there's simple past, simple present, simple future. It says, I loved is a simple past tense. Uh, and, and, and who is it that sang that song? Of all the girls I've loved before. You know, Willie Nelson, right? Is that? You know, and it's a sad song because he doesn't love them anymore. Okay, so that's the past. Maybe that's been kind of true for you too. Um, then we have this future. I will love in the future. Um, but what God really is interested in is the present. I love. I am living love. I love God. Now, maybe you had a a loving relationship in the past. Is that up to date? Is it current? Um, maybe the person you loved has, has passed on, but you still love them. Uh, maybe there was a separation and a divorce, and maybe you don't love them anymore like you used to love them. But maybe you still have a little bit of love and you wish things were different. I, you know, In the past, we, those things are kind of meant to be in the past. We we can't continue to deal with those every day. We've got to let those things in the past be the past. Uh, it'd be nice if we could be like God and forget the past. Forgive the past. Move on. Have you had a relationship with God in the past? Or do you plan to have one in the future? I, I used to be a youth pastor, and I remember this, hearing this. It was said in all kinds of different ways, but it was basically this. I will love God when I'm done having my fun. I want to be a Christian, but just not now, you know, because I want to have my fun. I want to do my thing, which is probably the greatest sin of all, self-will. You know, or, you know, I'll love God someday. All right. You know, I love you and live love. These are simple, present tense. And so each of these uh, three basic tenses have four aspects. There's the simple aspect, and then there's the continuous. Maybe when we were younger, they I, I remember it being called progressive. Do you remember that? Progressive tense? The progressive tense, uh, and then the perfect tense, and the perfect continuous tense. Wow, what is that? 
Well, you can study these later on your own, but it doesn't really matter that much because you, you speak these all the time, but we don't really think about it. But I, I look at this, and, and I wonder, what, do, what kind of relationship does God want to have with you? In what tense does God want you to dwell? Well, it must be continuous or progressive, making progress. And so I think God wants a relationship with us in the present continuous tense. I am living love. I am loving. It's not that I love. It's I am continuing to live love. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's a continuous ongoing relationship. Now, if you've had a love relationship that has somehow not worked out and you're not in that loving relationship anymore, you can understand because God uses marriage to describe the love that he has for us. He's the spouse that will never divorce you. You choose to separate yourself from him, he'll let you, but he'll never leave you. I am living love. Okay, God cares about your past, but he doesn't want you to live there. He forgives it. He forgets it. God cares about your future. As a matter of fact, he helps you prepare for it. Your future destiny is eternity, and he wants to live with you. He wants that for you. More than anything else, God wants your future to be with him in relationship. But all of our living, all of our loving, everything that we do only happens in the present tense. You can't say, oh yeah, I became a Christian in the past and I'm still a Christian today. If your Christianity is not present, if you're not present in it, then you're not dwelling there. It's not continuous and it has to be. If, if it's not, if you don't have a present relationship with Christ, then you're hoping on the past. Don't live in the past. Live in the present. You know, it reminds me of an old joke I heard. Remember this, the guy who complained? Uh, his wife was always complaining. He said, you, you never say, I love you anymore. I have a picture of them. There they are. How come you never say you love me anymore? I told you once, if anything changes, I'll let you know. Uh, go right into pre, uh, go, go right into uh, marriage counseling. Marriages and relationships, especially relationships with, with God, work best when they're in this present, continuous tense. So is your relationship with people around you, is it tense? Is it continuous present? Are you there? It, it works this way. Like, are you listening to me? Tell me what I just said. I love it when I can when I can pull it up. Listening to one another right now, being present. There. The I am living love. That's what God is interested in. He is not interested in moments in times like weddings. He's interested in the marriage, the ongoing, continuous, growing love relationship. 
We know that love is a verb, and without action, it's merely a word. And love is ongoing action. So let's see what the Bible has to say. Now, it, you, I think you probably have filled in all your blanks, right, for today? But now I have a whole bunch of underlining, so stick with me on this. And I think the underlines will be even noted in here. Let's take a look first at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now, these are the gifts that God, Christ gave the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13, here it is. Get ready to underline. This will continue. Underline continue in your notes, okay? Is it in your pink sheet? Underline continue. This will continue. What's going to continue? All this learning and growing and, and being more and more like Christ. It will continue until we all come to such unity. So underline the word unity. Unity in what? In our faith, so underline that, and in knowledge, so underline that, the knowledge of God's Son, the knowledge of Christ. When you know more about Christ, you can become more like him. And, and that, what's the purpose of all this? That we will be, underline this next word, what is it? Mature. Grow up. Immature um, in, in the Lord. Measuring up. I, I, I like underlining measuring there. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, full and complete are interesting words because they're the same word that we often can confuse with the word perfect. See, in English, perfect means without flaw. Actually, here it means full and complete. It's a good fit. So what this says, this verse says, continue to grow in Christ until you reach unity and you're mature and you're complete. In other words, this verse says, you can write this down too if you want. Grow up. That's what it says. Grow up. Don't stop growing up. Don't stop maturing. Continue to grow. Now, I realize physically I have already grown up and now I'm growing out, you know? So we got that going. But it, spiritually, we're to continue to grow, keep growing. Emotionally, we should grow. Mentally, we should grow. Be a lifetime learner and a lifetime follower of Christ. Colossians is the next one. Chapter 2, verse 6, six and 7. And now... Just as you accepted Christ, I would underline accepted. Just as you accepted Christ, Jesus, as your Lord, you must continue, so underline continue, to follow him. Let your roots go down deep into him. Let your lives be built on him. That's how you continue to grow in Christ. You imitate him. You become like him. Your life is your very life is built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So what does this say? Continue to follow him. And it means to obey the truth you have. And it means to continue to learn. Do you know what is so exciting about being with new Christians? They learn something new about God and they immediately put it into practice. Isn't that, it's so exciting to be around that. What happened to us? After a while, we continue to learn new things and it gets a little harder. Some of the teachings get harder and we're, we're not as easily able to put those into practice. 
it might require a sacrifice. And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to continue to grow. Grow in truth. Grow in knowledge. And you'll do that by growing in obedience. The O word. John 17. This is Jesus meeting with his disciples on Thursday night before Good Friday. Oh, righteous Father, he's praying, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know that you sent me. Isn't that interesting, that phrasing there? Because it's like they don't fully know God yet. They've been walking around with Jesus for three years, and they're just now really getting it, and he's leaving tomorrow. It says in verse 26, I have revealed you to them. So if they would look and notice, they would get it because I have revealed you. And I will continue. Underline that. I will continue. That's what God's going to do. He's going to continue to reveal God to us. And then your love, underline your love, God's love, for me, Jesus says, so your love, Father, for me, your son, your love will be in them. Underline in them, okay? And I will be in them. Now, of course, Jesus is talking about his physical presence is going to leave, but his spiritual presence is going to come upon these disciples in a new way, the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the source of love. He's in us, and he continues to grow in us even after Easter, even after the resurrection, and all of that by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are able to love others, even our enemies, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by ourselves. Don't try to love in your own power. Love in the power of God. John 20, 30. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones that John recorded in his gospel, in this book. But these are written so that you may, what? Continue to believe. Coming to Christ is not a one-time belief system. It is a growing belief system. You continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. There was a guy who said, I went to church for years, and I can't remember anything out of one sermon at all. I don't think it really did me any good. I, I don't remember it. And somebody wrote in to response to this editorial in the paper, and he says, I've been married to the same woman for 40 years. And she has cooked me many meals. It must have been a while ago when that was happening like that. And he says, I don't remember the menu on any of those meals. But I know that I was nourished by each of them. I know that without them, I would not have continued to grow. I would not have even be alive without them. And so in response, that whole, we need to continue to eat. We get that physically. 
need to continue to keep our minds active. And there's been a lot of research done how now there's all these mental exercises and brain games and stuff to keep yourself sharp, sharper maybe, I don't know. But continue, we got to continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you have life. Life happens by continuing to believe. So underline life by the power of his name. Learn the Bible so that you continue to have real life and real power through Jesus. 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, underline continue. Continue to show deep love. You might underline love for each other. Continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, love means forgiveness. And love means you say you're sorry. And God forgives and he forgets. He forgets your sins because he loves you. Now, if you're in a relationship where somebody is constantly asking for your forgiveness and keeps doing the same thing, well, maybe there's some work to be done on that. If you're in a relationship with God and you keep doing the same sin over and over and you say, Lord, help me, you know, maybe you need to make some changes. And maybe you need to connect with some other people and maybe you need to be in the word more and pray more. And guess what? You'll be able to do that. John, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us continue, you could underline that, to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So, don't say, oh yeah, I love God. I became a Christian when I was 12 years old. Well, how was it last week? Are you still, are you current in your relationship with Christ? That's what we're talking about today, continuing. When we love, we are most like our Father God. Because he uses love to define himself, to define his children. Acts 13, 43 Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. And the two men urged them to, underline this, continue to rely on the grace of God. That's what we have to do. We have to continue. Don't rely on God's grace just for one time in the past. Every day we have to rely on God's grace. Uh, I, I love it. The, the name Barnabas, it means son of encouragement. That's what we are to be to each other. Encourage one another to rely on the grace of God. We are saved by grace, and it's not a one-time thing. It's not a past event, but it's a continual daily occurrence. Can you buy into that? That's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. Acts 14, 21, after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, and Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith. We need encouragement to continue in the faith. The message that you're receiving today from all these passages of God's word is continue in the faith. Now, this is not so good, what's coming next? Because Paul and Barnabas reminded them 
that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what we try to do in the church today, and in America today, we try to eliminate all suffering. We try to do this by political means. We try to do it by all kinds of means. If, if, if somebody causes us to suffer, we want them to know how wrong that is. We're, we shouldn't have to suffer. But God says, wait a second. Sometimes you may have to suffer. You might even have to suffer in silence. Wait a second, I don't want to sign up for a religion where I have to suffer. Well, there are some out there where everything is just told to you to be hunky-dory. You can find all, I don't even know what that means. But you can find these places. Continue in the faith and know that by continuing the faith, you may have to suffer. We don't suffer like the early disciples did. All but John gave their life. They died for the gospel. Only that helps me know that it's really true because they were willing to die. We suffer hardships. But if we continue in the faith, we will benefit from even from the hardships. So when a hardship happens, when a trial happens, when a, when a difficulty comes your way, what does James tell us to do? Be glad. Yay! Good! Hardship! Yay! Because they're going to help you become strong. Romans 6, 1 and 2. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin. Now, notice the past tense there. How can we continue to live in it? If you've died to sin, you're not going to continue to live in it. And, you know, this whole theology that we believe in, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you continue to grow, you're going to sin less. Are you going to be perfect? Yes. As far as mature and full and complete is understood, right? Mm -hmm. Continuing in grace means to discontinue in sin. you got to catch that. Don't buy in to a present uh, teaching that's going around that says there is no hell, there is no sin, God loves everybody. And you'll hear that, and you probably won't hear that as much as next service will hear it. But when we continue in grace, it means that we are discontinuing our sin. I love this uh, Philippians verse, and I actually... I learned it well in NIV, so I've got the NIV for you today on this one. It says continue. It's always good to underline the word continue. But it says continue to work out your salvation. And you do that with fear, meaning respect, and trembling. It's awesome. Work out your salvation. Wait a second. I thought Jesus died and we're saved, but we have to continue to work it out? What does that mean? I thought I was once saved, I'm always saved, I'm good to go, it's fine. I have to work at it? If you're married, you understand it. Because you might say some words, some vows on your, in your marriage ceremony, but let me tell you, if those are going to be kept, you've got to work it out. It's a constant working it out. Work out your marriage. Work out your salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Look at this. Work it out with fear and, tre and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. 
So your will will become like God's will. Your actions will become like God's actions. Salvation is free gift, and it's work. But good purpose is coming. Romans 11.22. How are you doing? Are you keeping up? You can underline whatever you want, but I'm just giving you some suggestions. Here, look at this one. Notice how God is both kind and severe. <laughs> just what you wanted to hear. He is severe toward those who disobey, but kind to you if you continue. Wait, God is not kind if we don't continue? He's kind to you if you continue, underline that, to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. I realize this is not a very popular message. It means that we have to continue with God in a daily, ongoing, continuous relationship. If you stop putting your, your trust in him, then he is going to cut you off. Living love is doing what God asks. It's obeying. And it's a continuing to trust him. Now, if you disagree with me on this, that's fine. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I agree with it, but I'm telling you what it says, right? So, Disagree with the Bible, with God, who inspired this to be written just that way. But pray about these things. Look at this one, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, this is written to the church. Let me remind you of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe. Does that mean the good news doesn't save you if you quit believing? It seems to indicate that to me. You research it. The good news saves you if you continue to believe the message, and Paul says, that I told you. What he's saying is stand firm and continue to believe. That's the way to have a relationship with Christ. Vicki and Heather sang a song. I love this song. It's straight scripture. That special that they did just before the message. That was the beginning of the message, by the way. Did you catch that? Because here it is. Philippians 1.6. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue. He will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. Can you share with me? This is going to be hard. Vicki has a story in her life, and I told her we were doing this verse, and she told me this story, and I'd heard it before, but she reminded me of it, and it was so good that I wanted her to share it with you.
This was work that God was doing in Heather's life. And we do this. We, we, yeah. we see somebody go through a struggle and we say, wow, God must surely have something special yeah. for them to do. And we watch them and we, and we look for that. And we do. But also, God was doing a work in your life. And when we think about that, thank you so much for sharing that. When we think of that, that God is not done with us, that it needs to continue. Hey, we can we sing this? Yeah. Let's try it. Can you help us? Okay. Would you stand? We're going to just try singing this chorus maybe here. And maybe this could be true for you today. And maybe you could sing it the way it's written, but you could say a work in me is still happening. God wants to continue to do that in you. Will you continue by grace and faith and love to serve him. Let's sing it. He who began a good work in you 
will be faithful to complete it. He will be faithful to complete it. He who started the work will be faithful to complete it in you. He who started the work will be faithful to complete it in you. Let's pray. Lord, here we are in your house in this day. We we do this every Sunday. We get together. We read. We pray. We study. We thank you. Lord, don't let us forget to continue every day to walk with you, to let you continue to work in us if we will put ourselves available to you. Lord, I know there's some people here who have some serious stuff going on. Would you continue to work in them through that? There are some people here who are suffering. Would you continue to work in them through that? And Lord, in all of this, may we put ourselves in a continuing love relationship with you. May it be so.